Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. Crane pushed into Stephen's body, spread before him for the taking. Stephen's hands clawed his back, their touch like a burn that intensified as he drove harder, deeper. He pressed on Stephen's shoulders, holding him down, using words and cock and fingers to bring him to the edge of ecstasy. And Stephen writhed and thrashed and cried out with breathless pleas as Crane mastered him with deliberate roughness, spurred by the fizzing, sparking hands that betrayed Stephen's pleasures and demanded more. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's good, I right? I demand more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Crane took him thoroughly, almost brutally. <laughs> Honestly, the- like, just read this. That's fine. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Crane took him thoroughly, almost brutally, and when he had fucked him into helpless, whimpering submission, he pulled back and almost out and lifted Stephen's hips before plunging in at an angle of attack that had the little man gasping. <laughs> Ooh! Ooh, where's my fan, girl? Ooh! <laughs> Ooh! All right, hi, um, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. Yes, we do. Um, spoilers. All the spoilers. Uh, um, to the spoiler. If, if you've come here for reviews of books, great. We're giving them. But we're also telling you everything that happens in them. And then we're having opinions on them. And some of those opinions are full of more spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are the sort of person, I don't understand, the sort of person who doesn't mind spoilers, like a Claire, keep listening. <laughs> if you do um, mind spoilers, like a Neil, pause, read the book, and then come back. And I'm going to have to say, like, more than most books, these two books um, do have a lot going on in them, mystery-wise. And honestly, I feel like these are two books that are good to read, and they are enjoyable and have a lot going on in them. So um, if you enjoy this type of book, like, where there's magic and there's mystery and there's, like, a little bit of fairy tale elements, if you really, really like these kind of books, stop. And read these books and then come back. Because yeah. um, if you because these are the types of books that are good enough to actually say up front, we recommend you read them. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. But also, mm-hmm. we're now going to spoil the fuck out of them. Yes. Yes. And these, these I, f- I felt that both of these books were crafted in such a way that the, the surprises were surprises. Yes, and, absolutely. And the, re- the revealing of the mystery was an actual reveal. Yes. So if you detest spoilers, like I do, but love magical Victorian London, like I do, go go read, just read, just yeah. read the damn books. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that, especially because most of the time it's romance novels, and honest to God, I'm like, they get together at the end, you know, fuck that. But like, right. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's not a surprise or who was a surprise? Your ex-boyfriend was horrible. You know, like, what am I supposed to say about that? No. So like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but these plots do depend a little bit more on 
there's more intricate layering in here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. in respect to the author's exceptionally hard work on that, we recommend if you do enjoy this type of book, again, stop, go mm-hmm. buy the book, come back. Yeah. And because we actually haven't said it yet, the books this time are... <gasps> Yay! Firelight, Darkest London Book One by Kristen Callahan. And The Magpie Lord, A Charm of Magpies, Book One by K.J. Charles. Mm-hmm. And girl, girl. Things 2020, to say. Things to 2020 say. has been a lot. And I just needed to read some books about magical Victorian London to help <laughs> get me through. So that's why I picked these books. Uh, but, but first, first, but first, hot and bothered. Do you want to go first, Claire? Or should I? Um, I can go first. Okay. Is it about how so, society's broken? I don't know if I can take it right now. I've got things to say. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell okay, us your th- so things. Here's the thing. Um, I am vaguely on Twitter. I'm more or less like, I say dumb things about it all the time. And then I retweet things. That's me. That's what I do. Um, (laughs) And so this very weekend, in fact, just yesterday, an author who has all the money, who is like Midas, everything she touches seems to turn to too much fucking gold and puts a lot of money in the pockets of people like, Disney and herself and Hooray has said a lot of horrible things on the Twitter. Oh no. And now I'm going to just say without spoilers, if you want to read it, go ahead. It's fine. If you want to read all of the arguments for and against the, the bullshit that came out of her mouth, that's fine. What I want you to do instead is go to K.J. Charles's Twitter, <laughs> one, of, one of the authors of the books that we have read, and support this writer. Give them money. <laughs> Give them your ear. <laughs> um, and I'm going to say that because one of the best things, a while ago, when we first picked these books, or when Neil first picked these books and told, them, told me about them, J had posted that they had gotten a um, an email from somebody upset about their sex scenes and asking. They're like, "Your sex scenes have too much consent in them." <laughs> that's that's not a thing. Um, at which point KJ Charles just went off <laughs> about. How bullshit that was. And about like, but I mean, being pretty honest, like, look, if this is what gets you off, I guess this is what gets you off, but I'm not going to fucking write it because I don't believe in it. And you know what? Fuck you. And I was like, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And KJ, I've been following them for a little bit, has so many wonderful things to say about so many things. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, So whoever that other unnamed author is that I will not bring up more. Um, you can unfollow block. You can block on Twitter their name and everything that they say. And you can just follow KJ Charles and all of the authors that they follow and promote. 
And that's great. <laughs> and you, that's what I'm hot and bothered about. <laughs> are you going to tell us who that awful author is? Because I'm not, I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know. You're not on Twitter, so you don't know? So I don't know. Ooh. You can text me in the in the chat if you want. But. I'll text you in the chat. Okay, we, uh, we'll probably take a slight break before we do our like. Okay. Super super. Um, can I? This isn't my hunt and bother, but I want to respond. Uh, in KJ Charles being like, no, sex scenes should have consent. Um, I've started listening to you recently, and I think you're the one who recommended this podcast to me. Uh, Secret Dinosaur Cult. Mm, yeah. Is. So, uh, Christine's like, Merp? It's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's these two female comedians who both have had multiple fathers leave them. One of them, her dad left twice, and the other one had three different dads leave. And it's them <laughs> dealing with that and their lives through the lens of dinosaurs. It's hilarious. It's wonderful. Um, so there's one episode where they were talking about porn, and one of the hosts was like, "I I need to see a like a scene. It can't just be like it can't just start with people having sex. That's not sexy to me. Like it's hard for me to get into that. She's like, I need to see like a scene to like justify why those people are there." Like, why are we in this situation? Oh, I see. Like, she wanted to see the motivations. And listening to that, I'm like, I also feel that way. Like, I also want to have sort of the lead up. And I think what it is for me is that part of what is sexy about it is that I see leading up to the sex that both or all, depending on how many people are there, all people involved are super into it. And that makes it sexy for me because I've seen things you know like there's the whole um subgenre of gay porn where it's like using money to take advantage of like quote straight guys to like coerce them into having gay sex kind of thing and that to me is just like i don't i know that's not sexy to me whereas there's also a subgenre it's like oh audition tapes of men who want to be in the gay porn industry and it's like them and a casting director having sex. And it's like, oh, they want to be there. This is what they want to do. That's sexy to me. Anyway, just thought I'd share that. So I, Kidget Charles, champion of consent. Hopefully they don't then say something terrible, like by the time this episode comes out, because that seems to be our theme. We all have the capacity to say terrible things. I will have to say like, if you look in anybody's Twitter feed long enough, you're going to find something pretty fucking awful yeah. um, that they've said at least once that they may not believe now. Um, anybody has the capacity to be truly awful. I think it's how we learn from and come back from that awful thing. Yeah. That makes us good people. Um, now, I mean, I exclude a lot of, you know, Nazis, but like, <laughs> Uh, well, hey, if that guy that we talked about in the Black Lives Matter quickie, who was like, I'm, I have to protect this property from black protesters, and they got hit by a cop, and if he's like, no, 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 the system is broken, if he becomes woke, then yeah, he has learned, and if he does the right thing, then good for him. Yeah, if he keeps moving forward, and he's young we'll enough see. where maybe he hasn't actually done anything yet, he just signed up for newsletters, but yeah. Um, 
I feel like it's not, it's of course not up to that person whether or not they get um, forgive, forgiven. Like mm -hmm. it's not up to any of us who do bad things to demand forgiveness or to assume that forgiveness is something that we're owed. Right. Um, but how they continue on with their lives after that and the work that they do and maybe maybe they'll never be recognized for being a good person again after that terrible thing that they did or said. Um, and maybe there's injustice in that, but honestly, like if they live their lives, well, that's all we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's all I need, but obviously yeah. I'm a person who's been very privileged and hasn't had to go through the really awful fucking shit that other people have. So, yeah. Oh my God! These times, Neil. These times. I know. So my hot and bothered is baking. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Okay. So, uh, as of this recording, and as of when this episode comes out, San Francisco is still in shelter in place. And girl, um, and like a lot of people, I have tried, or I have taken the time to do more baking. Um, which is something, okay, people who know me know that I love eating desserts and I love the Great British Bake Off. So baking those desserts that I didn't then get to eat is like fulfilling two of my fantasies at once. And I love it. Um, I haven't done banana bread just because it's like so basic right now. Um, <laughs> and like until very recently, like within the last couple of years, I like never baked. I didn't have a lot of experience baking. Like my household growing up was not one where we baked, except like the potato pie, or potato pie, the pumpkin pie for Christmas and Thanksgiving, like stuff like that, like special occasions people baked. Um, and that was about it. So I've just come into baking relatively recently. Um, so I have made, I've done a few baking projects since Shelter in Place and they have been successful and I've purposely been like making each one more and more challenging. Um, so I did one recently, it's called Berry Tiramisu. Um, that's a misleading name. Um, it's a recipe on the, the King Arthur flour brand. Okay, so I was informed, it's this tiny little company in Vermont and all of a sudden they were selling like hotcakes, obviously because people were all starting baking and they had plenty of stock that they, they've not had to lay anyone off, but now there are like 12 people in this like 400 person company where their full-time job now is making masks for other people to wear at work. They also have cooking schools in Vermont and Washington state. Anyway, um, so on their website, they have a whole bunch of recipes and they have this one, which is very tiramisu, which is, I think they call it tiramisu because there's mascarpone involved and there's a point where you soak it in kind of a boozy soaking sauce. Anyway, but it's like a layered sponge cake with a mascarpone cream with berries in it. And then there's like a soaking sauce. And so it's like several steps and I'm like, this is going to be a challenge. I feel I've never made a sponge before, blah, blah, blah. So there's one point where I was making the sponge and I got to the point I got past the point of no return and I was looking at it and I was like, this doesn't look right. I don't think this is right. This isn't what this should look like. So I threw it out and I was like, oh my God, guys, I, I'm basically on Great British Bake Off. I binned the sponge and started over. 
And then I'm glad that I did because the second sponge, I like, okay, I'll try this. I think in the, okay, yes, yes, that looks right. And since I watched that show so much and British people love sponge cake, apparently, I know what sponge cake is meant to look like. Oh my God, it turned out so good. Oh, it was so good. But Yay! just like, I'll send you, if I sent you pictures, right? You did. It looked delicious. It's very pretty, very delicious. But just like having that little great British Bake Off moment. It's like, oh, I had to bid my sponge and start from scratch again. Um, it was just like, oh, oh, maybe I'll be baking soon. I also recently discovered that there's a great Canadian Bake Off. And Daniel Levy is one of the hosts. <gasps> and part of me wants to be on the show. And another part of me feels that I shouldn't be on the show. Because if I am in a room with Daniel Levy... I won't say words. I will ejaculate all over myself. Uh, I'm willing to take that risk. I think you need to be on that show so I can, so I can maybe say, maybe we can go, you can take me to a party that he is at mm-hmm. and I can, I can meet him. Okay, great. Okay. He's so attractive. <laughs> attractive. And that cake I made, girl, it was so good. Mm. so good so i'm so glad i'm so proud know, of you i know i'm proud of myself too i just wanted to share that with everyone um and i'm i think it's important to as i've said before i'm the person who's like it's important to like take a moment to like do something that you love to do to recharge and um so i hope that everyone as as terrible as the world is right now i hope that people are able to find time that they didn't think that they had before to do something for themselves that either they love to do but never had time for or you never even started you'd never tried it before but now hey what you're not going out at night so yeah yeah uh, i've been thinking a lot about um one of the hot and bothered's from a couple weeks ago where I was like, you know, everybody's being very kind, and I hope that continues. Um, and I think it stopped immediately after I finished saying that. Mm-hmm. But no, <laughs> <laughs> so, people got bored of being nice. <laughs> just, just keep baking. Just, just keep baking. Fucking protest and bake. Protest or and bake. painting. <laughs> like my mom's been painting a lot. She's been sending me pictures of her paintings. So hey, when you're not trying to pay them bills when you're not out protesting or donating your time or money to make the world a better place. Just like bake, paint, read. Yep. Be like me and wish you were getting laid. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's, should we talk about these books? Let's talk about these books. Let's talk about these books. Firelight, Darkest London Book One by Kristen Callahan. London, 1881. Once the flames are ignited, dot, dot, dot. Miranda Ellis is a woman tormented, plagued since birth by a strange and powerful gift. She has spent her entire life struggling to control her exceptional abilities. Yet one innocent but irreversible mistake has left her family's fortune decimated and forced her to wed London's most nefarious nobleman. They will burn for eternity, dot, dot, dot. The... It's set up in paragraphs, so those dot, dot, dot sentences make sense visually looking at it. Sorry. Uh, Lord Benjamin Archer is no ordinary man. Doomed to hide his disfigured face behind masks, Archer knows it's selfish to take Miranda as his bride. 
Yet he can't help being drawn to the flame-haired beauty whose touch sparks a passion he hasn't felt in a lifetime. When Archer's accused of a series of gruesome murders, he gives in to the beastly nature he has fought so hard to hide from the world. But the curse that haunts him cannot be denied. Now, to save his soul, Miranda will enter a world of dark magic and darker intrigue, for only she can see the man hiding behind the mask. So that's what the book says. Claire, what's this book about? Um, (laughs) It's about that. That's not not too far. Um, uh, I would say, okay, so we open on London, Victorian London. A man is walking stealthily and speedily down the sidewalk. He's after somebody and he's going to fucking kill him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And he's angry as shit. Um, But then he hears sword fighting. So he goes to listen to it. And there's two young people fighting with swords. And they're very good at it. One of them, the smaller one, is a little bit better. And it's great. It's going, and he's like very intrigued. And he's like, well, I could stop for a second and watch watch this. (laughs) And then uh, come to find out, oh, oh, one of those sword fighters is actually a lady. The better one. A better one. And she's doing great. The two combatants were just doing it for fun and obviously are friends. They separate and the young lady goes, you know, starts walking and he's like, I'm just going to follow this lady for a little bit. Just see where she's going. I mean, I'm going to protect her on her way home, even though I've seen her fight with swords. Mm -hmm. I should probably walk her home quietly and in the background so she doesn't notice it. So then walks her home and wherein she meets two ruffians on the street who want to rape her, puts up a good fight, but then I'm shadows. It's like, all right, that's enough of times, everybody. Get out of the get out of here, you young ruffians. And she's like, I can obviously take care of myself. He's like, Well, I saved you the trouble. And then come to find out she is the daughter of the man he is at that moment on his way to try to kill. <gasps> Gasp. And she's beautiful. And mm-hmm. she feels him up a little bit, which is actually what my favorite scene in the book. I'm going to have to say it was my <laughs> single favorite scene because she's like, I'm going to have to check. She's like, okay, go. I'm fine. I'm, on, I'm home. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to stay and make sure you get home. Okay. She's like, fuck that shit. You're not watching what door I'm walking into. I don't feel safe with that, which is exceedingly smart. He's, mm-hmm. She's like, you turn around and walk the fuck away. He's like, well, I'm not doing that. And she's like, okay, well, you know what I am going to do? I'm going to check to make sure you don't have any fucking weapons on you. And he's like, go ahead, do it. And so she does it. And while she's doing it, she's like, this guy's a great butt. <laughs> I appreciate too, that we, we were in his head for this. And he's like, she's really pretty. She's, and he has this, it's like, ooh, maybe if I married her. Nope, nope. She's too young. She's too young. Maybe in a few years, I'll think about it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I'll good. Come back. Yes. yes. I'll come back and see if she's ready then. But yeah. she is definitely, like, interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once she feels safe, and it's definitely, like, a she feels safe moment, then she sort of cops a little bit of a feel. And uh, she's like, all right, that's enough of that. Head on your way, sir. I'm done with you. But here, since you are unarmed and I actually have a, a little knife on me, take my knife because these streets be dangerous, yo. 
Yeah. And I was like, this seems fucking great. I was, I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the whole book being like this. And then, unfortunately, <laughs> my next favorite scene happens next. She is, it's been three years, I think. Like, mm-hmm. so there's a time skip. It's been three years. And yeah, she's so in she's a jewelry like shop. 19 or 20 now. Yeah. She's in a jewelry shop and she is obviously conning the young man behind the counter. Because, <laughs> because, oh. Are, he are can't we... take his eyes off her boobs. And she's yeah. just like, I want to see that one next. And he's just showing her like all the bracelets and pretty things. And she's like, whatever, this rube. <laughs> And she's totally just going to stuff as much as she can into, like, her bodice or whatever when he's not looking. And it's mm-hmm. great. It's going so well. Mm-hmm. Lord Archer passes by and a bunch of ladies faint. She's like, those stupid bitches. Here's about a dude. The Dread Lord Archer. The Dread Lord Archer. No, and doesn't describe why he's Dread, except that he's horrible somewhat, for some reason. And everybody he's faints. Monstrous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she uses this opportunity to grab up some jewels. And head on out. She doesn't give a fuck about this guy. Well, she has a moment that she's like, oh, like, I feel bad. He's going to get in trouble. But also, like, my family doesn't have any money anymore. So I need this more than he does. Yep. So she does her scam. She's obviously, like, way competent. Super good at what she does. Very pretty. I love this lady. Um... And she heads home, and there's her dad, who's a big fucking dick, and is like, you gotta get married. The Dread Lord Archer wants to to get hitched, and I am just passing you off. And, like, at that point, Basically, like, he he paid me to marry you, so bye. Right. And and it's your fault we don't have any money anymore. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which she acknowledges, Mm -hmm. but is also feeling bad about it. And I love this conversation, too, between her and her dad. She stands up for herself. She's like, how fucking dare you? And he's like, look, you got to get out of my house somehow. It's either this way or whoring. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't care. A bitch. And, he's, and so she's like, okay, look, I'm going to meet this guy. If I want to marry him, I'll marry him. And if I don't, fuck it. I'm, I'm a strong lady. I can figure my shit out. She goes and meets him at the church because they're going to get married right now. Mm-hmm. She meets him at the church. And they have, and she finds a tall man in a mask. She cannot see his face. A half mask. A Isn't half it, mask. It, it's like a Phantom of the Opera style. No, not at first. At first, it's a whole mask. Like, oh, that's as right. They that's get right. To know each other, it starts to like get smaller and smaller. Um, and he is very sexy and very into consent. He's like, yes. Do you want to get married? We don't have to. Like, I want this. I think it'd be great. And she's like, why do you want to marry me? And he's more or less like, you're super pretty and other people care about that. And when we have babies, like they, you know, they'll look pretty instead of hideous like me. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I am pretty. Okay. I'm pretty and you're so ugly, you have to wear a mask. So makes sense. (laughs) We don't understand genetics. It's the 1800s. Yeah, and he's more or less like, I'll stay out of your way. You'll stay out of mine, and you'll just have a bunch of money. And she's like, okay, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> sure. This arrangement is great. So she marries the masked man. Um, and Can I interject with a quote? Yes. Um, 
where she's like contemplating. Um, and so in often, at least in my experience in the books that we've read, where it's like this woman who's like, I know I should hate this guy, but, and then plot dictates that they end up together. And it's usually just like, Oh, he's so handsome. He's so attractive. And I'm like, that's not the only reason to marry someone, but this book says, Lord Archer, with his black countenance and rich voice, offered a sense of adventure, a dare. She's like, oh, she, she wants adventure. She sees that yeah. in him. Yep. And then we find out when they're married, he, they kind of like, you know, have, each have their own wing of the house, but they always have dinner together. And he's like, so what do you think of Plato? What do you think of politics? What do you think? Of, and they have like actual conversations where they share their opinions about things. And mm-hmm. like he listens to her. He he wants her opinion. Yeah. So um so here's where I'll stop going plot to plot. So and here's sure. kind of the important things you need to know. This guy, Lord Dreadlord Archer, is the man who caught her in the alley at the beginning of the book. Obviously. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't recognize him. Like that was an important moment in her life, but not something that stuck out and not something she assumed it was a lord who did it right he was also in the shadows like she couldn't see his face yeah in addition to his mask she also couldn't see him so she didn't know that was him he does know that this is the same person because he's been in love with her this whole time and uh wants to get married to her like he doesn't want to get married he wants to get married to her and he thought this is the only way we're gonna get married is by just sort of con her father into it, who does owe him a shit ton of money. He still does want to kind of kill that guy. He still does Mm -hmm. hate that guy because um, uh, her father is a huge con artist, like in general, like he's a pirate. He, he funds terrible things. He's like, just, he's just this bad all around guy. If I can interject really fast, something that I appreciate about her. So Miranda is her name. Mm -hmm. She's, very sensible the whole book and she has this yep. moment that it's like i should i should be really upset at this dreadlord archer for just like buying me but like that's what people do now and as shitty yeah. as it is like both, I like that's how both of her sisters got married right and so i can't blame this guy for like operating in this system and then he turns out to be a, a good guy yeah yeah um during this time we also find out that the reason why miranda is miranda thinks that she's the one that caused her father's ultimate doom like his financial doom is because she is like um she's like drew barrymore and firestarter like she could start (laughs) fires (laughs) she's a pyromancer well with her yeah she's a pyromancer so like she just like makes fire happen She's the opposite of Elsa. It's not ice, it's fire. And um, <laughs> The anti-Elsa in a lot of ways. So many ways. But so she makes fire. She did it when she was a kid and like it got out of hand and the, her father's entire warehouse went up in flames. Um, and so that's super bad. And it's a secret. She's like, I will never tell this guy this. Because the mm-hmm. last guy I told was a dude I was super in love with. And it turns out was the young kid she was like having this sort of type in the alley and he was her best friend in addition to somebody she was in love with and he wanted to marry her she told him and he's like whoa no <laughs> <laughs> out 
best friend out. And so yeah. she's like, I'm just never going to tell anybody. This is a secret. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so now we know two things. One, she's keeping a secret from her husband that she's a fire starter. And he's obviously keeping a secret from her because he lives his entire life behind a mask. And has no intention of telling her anything about his life. He's like, well, now that we're married, here's the house. Like, I guess going to society, whatevs. <laughs> we're never having sex. So. <laughs> and he's, she's like, this well, is, uh, for, for being a bot marriage, this is way disappointing. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'll see you at dinner. Just like, go do whatever, I guess. And she's like, D- dinner? But I thought we were going to, like, you know, like, have the sex. And he's like, oh, um, some point, maybe, goodbye. <laughs> maybe, goodbye. I don't, I don't. Oh, oh, what's, the, what's that, butler? I gotta go. Bye! Sorry, I have to go sulk in my greenhouse for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, him in his greenhouse. Uh, that was my, fav- uh, my favorite sex scene. Anyway. Yes, yep. <laughs> um, but so then, okay, so I'm going to skip a lot of things. Sure. And here's where we get into the spoiler territory and where I stopped liking this book. Like, <gasps> it was at the, like, right after they get to the house and they start, like, um, they, they start having, like, their story together sort of starts is really where uh, this book kind of started to lose me. Now, this is a personal Claire issue. Um, as I, we said at the top of the podcast, I think there's a lot of people who are really going to like this book for a lot of really good reasons. And I totally get it. Um, dig in. Enjoy. It just wasn't my jam. Like, at this point, it stopped being my jam. Um, like, there's this big mystery. He's got to find a way to cure himself. Uh, and he's not letting her in. And she's obviously super smart. And from here on, for a really long time in the book, like she's given no more agency, no more actionable things that she can take for a really long time. And it got, it was like, she's obviously very smart. She's obviously very capable. And it just it got to be really annoying. She did her best. She is trying to find things out with the subtle clues that she has or like things she accidentally picks up. But like, I don't know. It just, and then every man she meets, every man she meets from here on out, his first interaction with her is going to be rapey. Like he's going to push her up against the wall. He's going to like try to physically rape her. Every interaction, like even people who end up being our allies. And we also find out those young boys in the alleyway who tried to rape her in the first scene. One of them is her friend now. <laughs> and like, <laughs> which is fine. Hooray. But like, that just means all her interactions with every guy except her father and Archer are rapey. Yeah, even towards the end when she meets Archer's bestie, I want to say Leland. I don't know if that's his name. Um, yeah. His very first thought is like, just eye-fucking her, even though he is happily married or like misses his dead wife or something, but he's just like, Oh my God, look at that ass. Well, not also, that, why like, are you here? Let's figure it out. It's like, no, that should be the first thing on your mind, kid. Well, and when he meets her in the street, when she's trying to investigate this whole West moon club, um, like he's, what happens is, so she goes into the street to find her 
I'm just going to call him a ragamuffin. Her ragamuffin friend. <laughs> <laughs> her street urchin contact or whatever. Right. Who they're, And they are actually very best friends. Like, this mm-hmm. is important. And I actually think it's an almost really cool character because he even talks about, like, uh, going into this quote-unquote skin trades. Like, that, you know, he, you know, he is a sex worker sometimes in addition to the other things that he does. And he obviously works really hard and he really loves Miranda and he's like trying to help her out again. Their interaction started out very rapey. So it's mm-hmm. upsetting, but, um, so she goes to him to try to get information. He's going to take the coin and he's going to go, which we haven't brought up yet. Sorry. He's going to take this like particular item that she brought to find a clue about her husband, any information at all. So that he can go find it out. He goes off. Their lives are put in danger. She uses her fire to save them. Leland sees this and wants her to do it again. So he tries to put her in danger. (laughs) And it's like being rapey. Instead of just like asking her. Like, hey, I saw that. I I literally saw what you did. And also I'm a werewolf. So, you know, (laughs) all my friends here. And that was a different one. Was that Ian? No, that was Ian. I don't know. Everybody was something. Ian, Ian McKinnon, who, who was fucking awful. Right. Everybody was, I don't know. So, like, all of her interactions were like that. And that was upsetting. I was like, this is, there's actually mm-hmm. no reason for that. And then she's trying to find out this thing. She finds out early on in the marriage that her husband is being accused of a crime, that she, a murder that she believes he didn't commit. And it has something to do with this coin and the West Moon Club. So she's going to investigate that. Um, and she does ask her husband right out. She's like, hey, what is this? And he just lies. And he says he's got good reason for it. And I'm like, now we're just stalled, like, story-wise. Like, we're just stalled out. And, like, the author even puts, like, barriers in front of Miranda. So instead of giving Miranda other clues, just stops it. It's like, oh, nope, can't find out information. So even where Miranda's smart, the the story decides, fuck it, I'm not going to give her anything. So she continues to be unable to do anything in her own circumstances, despite the fact that she's proven herself able to do those things and it just got really really hard and then her first sexual interaction with archer in the greenhouse and again the sexy part directly after i'm going to talk about is sexy it was very sexy but was leading the up first to one, it, or was the the part the time in the alley the first time i mean the alley is technically the first time oh Oh, after the museum? No, was, no, no. I, yeah. I think the greenhouse was first. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. After the museum incident. Yeah. Can we talk they're about that in, really fast? Because they're attacked in a was, museum. They're attacked in a museum. He's like, stay here, please. She's like, fuck that. Chases him. Right. I'm sure that was cool. Yeah. He fights someone in an alley. And then she doesn't use her fire. She okay. As someone who loves fantasy, she doesn't use her magic powers until almost halfway through the book, and I'm like, "Come on!" And I get, I get why she's afraid to, and why she doesn't want to, especially with her relation with Archer. Like we can talk about it a bit later. I think that they are perfect for each other in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. Um, but she doesn't use her powers, which upset me. The first time we see her use her powers is to get somebody's attention. Like, she starts a tiny little fire in a gutter to get her ragamuffin friend's attention. I'm like, really? Anyway, 
so they're fighting in an alley, and then eventually the the attacker who is surprisingly more powerful than Archer, who's like superhumanly fast and strong and all of that, like he he's about to get killed, and then the attacker just like flees. She's, and she comes up and she's like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you all right? And he's like, what are you doing here? I told you to stay there. And she's like, well, no, I came to help you. And he's like, well, now you're in an alley and the only women who stay in alleys are whores. So now I'm going to treat you like a whore. And he like kind of rapes her against a, a wall and she ends up liking it. And I'm like, that's not okay. She says not no. Necessary. She says no it's very really clearly and he several does times. Apologize. Yeah, he does apologize for it later which, eh, whatever. But then the thing, the thing is, later in the book, when, because he, I don't think they actually, they don't have penetrative sex. I think he fingers her or something. Um, but when they finally do have actual sex, he says, okay, let's have sex, but you have to, like, I'll come to your bedroom, but keep all the lights out because I won't be wearing my mask or whatever. And so they're in the dark and there's this scene where he's like touching her and like, oh, do you want me to touch you here? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do that? And that scene to me was so sexy. So fucking like, sexy. Right? And like really consenty. So yeah. I don't understand why we needed the scene. Their first sexual interaction to be him being like, oh, well, you're in an alley. That means you're a whore. So I'm, so I'm entitled to like, finger you up against a brick wall yeah i took a lot of umbrage with that yeah no it wasn't it wasn't great um and she said no very clearly several times Mm -hmm. and then when they're in the green in the greenhouse greenhouse, they were both on board well they weren't on uh she said no a couple times again oh did she oh fuck yeah but she she was saying it because she's worried about her fire. She's literally worried yes. that she's going to blow shit up, and she kind of does. But um, she's worried about that, which is perfectly reasonable and a good reason to say no. <laughs> yeah. And it is but okay I, for him to stop and go, like, okay. <laughs> but I did really enjoy the moment where the two of them, they broke the stone table and they both thought it was them who had yep. done it. And then they're like, oh, fuck. He'll figure out my secret. She'll figure out my secret. Yeah, so, oh, that was... Something that I really enjoyed about them. I like. This is all to say, really. What I enjoyed about them as a couple is they both saw in the other, like, the strength and the beauty that they wish they themselves had. But of course, they both had it because the other person saw it in them. So for me, the relationship part of this book was really interesting because it was both of them being like, I have a deadly secret. That other person has a deadly secret. Why won't they tell me? Because I love them. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that interaction was really great. And they, they, like, she stood up to him a lot in ways that were genuine and like yep. actual like there was one point where he's like, I shouldn't have to explain myself to my wife. And she's like, I shouldn't have to be asking you for an explanation, but here we are. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. There, there are times like he, they both obviously have like lines where they're like, I'm not telling you, this is my wall. But up to that point, they're both like, okay, I see what you're saying. I get it. I get it. I'm listening. I hear you. 
so that the, like them together, it was really fun to watch because it's just like, oh my god, they're they're perfect for each other because they both, without knowing it, because they're both keeping a secret, they both understand each other so well and mm-hmm. love each other so much. Not only in spite of that secret, but because of the secret. Yes. Yeah. So why did he have to rape her in an alley? Like <sighs> I was really upset about that. I know. I know. I think. Um, if you're the type of person who likes the like tropes, like you fall in love with your own husband, uh, marriage of convenience and you fall in love, um, like sort of rags to riches or, um, mysteries. Um, or if you at all like any of the mythology or fairy tales where a man marries a woman, but is like, I'm invisible. You cannot see me and, and, and never turn on the lights around me. Never light that fire and never look at me like, like the, um, I don't know, like, uh, um, East, East of the moon, West of the sun specifically, which is, which mm-hmm. this one references, but there's also like the Greek ones, which do that. And like all, you know, like it, here's a beautiful man. And it turns out like he's a terrible monster, but, if you only waited one more day and didn't look at him and just trusted him, you would have had this husband who was great mm-hmm. forever. And now you've lost him. So, but what this did, it turned that on its head where in fact, he comes at her at night without the mask in the dark. And, um, she says, and she promises not to turn on the light, but of course she has magical fire. And I was like, this is when it kind of, it pays off. It pays off. Yes! And she uses her fire magic to light to light up the fucking room and he's like holy shit how did you do that holy shit don't look at me and then she sees him but their love for each other makes it uh makes it okay and so um yeah so that was really lovely and beautiful so i think like using that uh, that story is really neat and honestly the way this author did that i mean it's hard work to get there this author worked Mm -hmm. so fucking hard to make this work which is why you don't know yeah. why he's and, why he's fucked up. You don't know what's under the mask. You don't know until she does. And I think that's great. Right. The author almost pulled and, it off. <laughs> and we see her have a moment where she's like, I want to know his secret so badly that I'm willing to expose my secret in the process. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was great. And then when we did when we finally see him. So reading this book, I was like, oh, he's a vampire. And and I think the author did that intentionally. Like, I'm going to leave these little crumbs to lead you to believe that he's a vampire. Um, but then, like you were saying, it kind of, like, stalled at, at times. Like, it took, for, in my mind, it was like, okay, when I feel like you're purposefully not telling me things, then I get really frustrated. Like, that's what yes. I hate about Dan Brown. Dan Brown very purposefully doesn't tell us things. And it's like, ah, fuck. Well, right. on top well, of it, you know, whatever. And where this author ran into that trouble is when we finally get to the point where we've seen him, we know what's going on. We have to have fucking 20 pages of backstory mm-hmm. to make this make sense. This and is... that was, it was interesting and mm-hmm. so cool and also terrible. And it like, I was like, ah, the pacing, the pacing. This is, this is one of the few books that I was like, I wish we had flashbacks. Yes. Yes. This is a perfect flashback book. For two reasons. One, to explain this whole thing, which we'll get to in a second, um, about like what he is and like what the, the monster of the week is that's going on. 
but also like these string of murders is these four men that he's connected with through the West Moon Club. But we're introduced to them so briefly that I have absolutely no emotional attachment to any of them. I also can't keep them straight because I was given all of their names all at once. Yeah. But if we had flashbacks that showed us those, is it four? It's five altogether, including Archer. Yeah. Those five men being deceived by this demon and like we get to know them as people so that we get the payoff when they are murdered and we feel for them, but also to like explain what actually happened because when the, the bestie explains it to Miranda, it feels convoluted. But I know that if I saw it in flashbacks and saw the moment when they realized that they were being duped, that they were being betrayed, it would have been so good to read, especially yeah. if it was like, right. If that flashback happened right before Miranda was about to go meet Victoria, which we'll get into. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. But like if those flashbacks had been like metered out throughout the book to counterpoint what was actually happening, it could have been so amazing. Yeah. No, I agree. I I agree. So should we talk about the demons really fast? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Very fast. Because I feel like we have to move on to the next book. Um, Mm -hmm. But I will say... uh, (sighs) The background, the, 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 yes, the whole background would have been way interesting if we just did it in flashbacks. You are absolutely correct. Oh, also, if my sound is way better right now, it's because I switched microphones because we we're having some audio problems, and I apologize for that. So now I have a different microphone. That's where we are. Anyway, thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners. Um, we do this in person. We're like still figuring this thing out since we can't be in the same place. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think if it went in flashbacks, you're right, because that bulk of that information was too, too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Neil, do you want to very see how quickly can you take us through the bulk of what that background information is? Okay. I dare so, you. Um, these five young lords are interested in, like, esoteric ancient knowledge, and they come upon this ritual to summon like an angel of light to grant them immortality and they're like great that sounds like fun and then she shows up her name is victoria she shows up and she's like let's have sex now and they're like even better (laughs) um and then she's she's going to she after like hanging out with them for a while she's like oh hey you two that i'm fucking which is archer and I want to say his name was Leland. I don't know. The the one Lord that we actually spend time with. I think it's Leland. Okay. So she's like, hey, you two that I'm fucking both of. Um, that was a well-constructed sentence. You two that I'm fucking both of. Let's uh, do this ritual and you two can be angels with me. They're like angels of light or something. I don't know. And then just before the ritual happens, one of the other lords is like, oh, no, wait, actually, which if that moment had been set up better in flashbacks, there were several things in this book that's like, oh, well, isn't that convenient? Like there's one point where we discover Archer isn't like everyone thinks that he has like a disfigured, excuse me, a disfiguring scar or something, but like part of him is, it looks like he's made out of glass and that's why Mm -hmm. he covers a mask. And when he and Miranda are talking about it, he's like, well, I've tried everything except for burning it. <laughs> and it's just like, like, for, like, 
as a reader from the beginning, it's like, well, obviously. Anyway. <laughs> so Archer and I guess Leland are about to like ascend to angelhood through fucking Victoria. And then one of the other lords is like, no, wait, she's actually a demon in disguise. Like she's pretending to be an angel, but she's actually a demon. And what she does is she like feeds off of the life force of, I don't know. She does demony things. And it she was uses, really confusing. I know. And her whole thing is that she like seduces men into becoming basically her demon concubines. Which, like, from Victoria's point of view, it's like, yeah, sure, do that, whatever. You're a demon. You don't have a soul, whatever. Um, so then Leland runs, but Archer still does the ritual for whatever reason, but then it gets interrupted. So he's, like, transforming into a demon very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. So and every he time he a- does a bad, bad thing, he becomes more demon? Sure. Um and then the other lords have aged, so they're all in their, like, 70s. He hasn't aged at all, but now half of him is, like, it looks like glass. So then when it gets to the point that Miranda's fighting Victoria, and she, like, takes off her disguise, and it, she, it describes her as being, like, a figure made a statue cut of ice. So, like, the whole fire-ice conflict is like, okay, okay, okay. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. And I will say... Uh, Miranda saves the day. Archer is incapacitated, so Miranda has to fight the last fight. Yep, and it was a good fight. It was a it, good fight. It was a good fight. Though leading up to it, Leland's like, she was always afraid of fire. I don't... Also, here's the prophecy about a sword. I know! I was so angry that she was like, I, she was always afraid of fire. It was so weird. I was like, oh, fuck you, book! Right? <laughs> uh, and, so. the, well, and, and then after she gets... Victoria, she's pretty much just like, okay, I guess me and Archer are just going to burn to death in a fire that I make because he doesn't want to live anymore and I don't want him to be a demon. And no, that then- was another thing. Like, there's a point where Archer decides that he's going to... So he left and then Victoria, he comes back and then Victoria finds him. So she's going to like finish the job to like convert him because she doesn't realize that he's not in love with her anymore. So then... When Miranda, when he leaves and Miranda's like, nah, I'm not taking this shit. She breaks into Leland's house, puts a gun at him, and she's like, you're going to tell me everything. And it's like, yeah, I would have done anyway. She's like, okay, let's talk. Um, so when he becomes this demon, he'll wake up super hungry and want to, like, consume a person and kill them. And that will cost him his soul. And so he'll be a demon forever. But he decides to go through with it so that he has the power to kill Victoria, and then he feels that he's going to have to kill himself. But then everyone's like, well, unfortunately he's going to kill Victoria, and because he's going to kill someone that's going to lose his soul. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. If we're dealing with like the Catholic mythos, surely destroying a demon doesn't count as murder, and you get to keep your soul if you destroy a demon? But was she, because she was also, it wasn't a Catholic mythos, because she it's she's not really a demon, because it was Egyptian? But then also druidic. Uh, I don't it know. Got real fucking confusing. Right. Because, here's the thing: if somebody's worried about the salvation of someone's soul because of murder, you're in the Catholic mythos. That's right. That's like all there is to it. So there's just like, oh well, he's gonna lose his. He's he's sacrificing himself to damnation to kill this demon. But I'm like, no, no, no. Don't you get points for killing demons? 
Like, isn't that in your... Whatever. I mean, honestly, like, that whole part, it got very... Like, the fighting parts were cool, but it got very convoluted. I was yeah. never sure what was going on. Mm-hmm. And they got together in the end. Which is great. And then, so, at the end... And she's cured. He's cured. She burns away his... Um, his demon hood. Um, and then at the end, it's like, oh, he didn't wear a mask anymore. And everyone's like, oh, he was just doing it for attention. Meanwhile, I, what I kind of wanted to have happen is that, like, she expunged the demon-ness, but he still looked the same. So he still went out with a mask. And in the fight, she also got a scar that... Um, she so then she started wearing a mask too, not because she was ashamed of it, but because like oh these this what we actually look like is a secret that we're sharing with each other. Yes, that's, right. Uh, that'd been so good. Yeah, I wanted them to be the freaky aristocratic couple that walked around in masks, especially because there's this weird thing where like she knew that she was pretty and she knew what that got her in society and she hated it. Yeah, it's like. At the end, like, part of her happy ending should be that she doesn't have to deal with that anymore. Ah, so good. So So good, Neil. I will say, the thing that oddly pissed me off in this book the most, and again, a lot of people are really going to like it. A lot of people really enjoy this book, so... Overall, I did enjoy the book. No, I did too, overall. But I will say one thing out of the rapey things, out of the non-consent issues, (laughs) out of, like, like, her not having agency for, like, a lot of the book and then getting it in a weird way i will say the one thing i hated most was when we're kind of back in time and we're talking about some of the ritual stuff and um you know victoria has these two young men be her lovers and then she's like yo i want to take you both to bed at the same time now and leland was like oh fuck yeah yeah let's do this thing let's get down whatever and Archer was like, no, I am angry and don't like this. And he stomps out of the room. And Victoria was like, that was a test. He's the better one. The one who stomped out is better. And I was like, oh, fuck that book. Fuck you. Like, like, no. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're willing to share a demon lady for angel powers uh, between each other and not also willing to have sex with each other and her. No, fuck that, Archer. Get the hell out. <laughs> right. Also, like, if you're dabbling in immortality, like, your your stance on the morality of sex, it, especially when you're having sex with an angel to get angel powers, like, you don't get to be angry at someone for, like, quote, deviating from social norms when it comes to sex. And that's so what it was. Like, he could have just said, oh, you know... Not actually into that. <laughs> right. I ooh, or, don't want to have sex with my best friend. Is that okay? And she could have gone like, ah, now I know things about you. Or, mm-hmm. ah, whatever. But no, instead he has to be angry and possessive. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. Or, or he did realize it was a bad idea and then understands what it means to be coerced into sex and then doesn't do that to people. <gasps> Yes, 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 yes. But whatever. Um, but anyway, I enjoyed it. I want to say I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it, and then I enjoyed it again. It was a, it was a ride. Yeah, it was a ride. Yes. Um, but that was that book. That was that book. <laughs> the Magpie Lord: A Charm of Magpies, Volume One, by K. J. Charles. 
A lord in danger, a magician in turmoil, a snowball in hell. Exiled to China for 20 years, Lucian Vaudry never planned to return to England, but when the mysterious deaths of his father and brother, it seems the Lord Crane has inherited an earldom. He's also inherited his family's enemies. He needs magical assistance, fast. He doesn't expect it to turn up angry. Magician Stephen Day has a good reason to hate Crane's family. Unfortunately, it's his job to deal with supernatural threats. Besides, the Earl is unlike any aristocrat he's ever met. With the tattoos, the attitude, and the way Crane seems determined to get him into bed. That's definitely unusual. Soon, Stephen is... Stephen? 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 Stephen. Sorry. Anyway, soon Stephen is falling hard for the worst possible man and in the worst possible time. And, but, the Crane's, but Crane's mysterious appeal isn't the only thing rendering Stephen powerless. Evil pervades the house. A web of plots is closing round Crane. If Stephen can't find a way through it, they're both going to die. That's what the book says it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I will say, uh, the Twitter thing I, I said, like after KJ had posted this, like a shit ton of people were like, I am reading your books. And everybody Yay. was like, I am so excited that you're going to read the Magpie Lord for the first time. And everybody was talking about this book and how much they loved it. Like, it was just like, suddenly it was like, just Twitter love about this book. And it was, I was so excited to jump into it, which makes me feel especially bad that, um, I've only read half of it. <laughs> and Claire. Neil will be taking charge throughout most of this because I am the worst <laughs> of people. No, no, no. If if the last couple of weeks have taught us anything, Claire, it's that you are not the worst of people. <laughs> I know, but I look at like um, let's say Randy Rainbow. Randy Rainbow just put out a new video and it's a it's amazing and he works so hard on it and it's so good and, and I'm like and I can't even fucking read a good book? What is wrong with me? I love the first fifty percent of this book. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump in. So that book says it's the the worst possible man at the worst possible time. I'd argue that he falls for the best possible man at the worst possible time. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. 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 So this book opens. Lucian is attempting to commit suicide intentionally by accident for the fourth time in like six months. Yeah. And he's just like, wait a second. Like he goes into a fugue state every so often and tries to kill himself. And it's like, this isn't, this isn't what it should be. And then his valet, Merrick, is like, okay, well, we've just been living in Shanghai for like 20 years. And we know that they have shamans there that deal with stuff like this. We need to find the British equivalent of a shaman because this is not normal. This is paranormal. So then enter Stephen Day, who's... uh, a, a smaller man. He's kind of mousy. He's kind of um, not uninteresting. What's the word that I'm looking for? That he's like um, unremarkable. Unremarkable. It definitely is the right. Yeah. So he's uh, 
unremarkable. Um, and he shows up and he's like, hey, so what do you need? Also, I kind of hate you. And Lucian's like, sorry, what? And, it's like, and Stephen's like, yeah, so your dad uh, was an asshole and my dad tried to stand up to him and then um, your dad destroyed him, destroyed his life and his career. And um, now we're broke and, and cast away, we're shunned, all that stuff. And then Lucian's like, was it my dad the fucking worst? Like, <laughs> I know, that guy was awful. And I'm super glad he's dead. Do you know who else was awful? My older brother, Hector. I'm glad he's dead, too. And Stephen's like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, he's still pissed. And I enjoy that. Stephen's like, okay, I don't know if you actually deserve my help, but I'm going to do it because it's my job. Because it's my and job. he's like, that's all I'm asking you to do, bro. But, like, <laughs> then they, like... Honestly, like right away, the magic just it, everything seemed to make sense to me. He calls them champagne hands because when they touch hands, like it feels like bubbly, like like tingly when they touch, mm-hmm. and it's because Stephen has this magic. And, yeah. uh, and Stephen's like, "Oh, sorry, this is why I don't touch people." And Lucian's like, "Are you kidding me? It's fucking great." I know. And then afterwards, even Stephen's like thinking in his head, like, "He he he, champagne hands." <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Stephen comes to realize that a charm was left at Lucian's ancestral home, Piper. Uh, Lucian Vaudry is Lord Crane, but the family's symbol is magpies. And there's a point where Stephen's like, isn't that fucking dumb? Your, your name is Crane, but your symbol is magpies? And Lucian's like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a charm was left in the ancestral home that uh, affected uh, Lucian. It's called the Judas Jack. And basically it, whoever gets affected by it is like, it enforces terrible depression and self-hate to the point that it drives someone to suicide. And he's like, oh, and then Steven fixes it. And Lucian's like, oh my God, I feel so much better. And he's like, kind of high for a while. And he's like wandering around the Rose Gardens, <laughs> spouting poetry to the moon in Chinese. And, and Merrick is like, oh, uh, this is so annoying. Merrick, he's like, he doesn't usually get to poetry until about the third bottle. <laughs> Like even Steven's like, it's cool. I just have to take a nap real quick. That took a lot of So then um Steven and Lucian sort of chat after, and Steven's like, okay, this was intentional. Somebody did this intentionally. Do you have any enemies? And Lucian's like, Yeah, fucking everyone, because everybody hates <laughs> my dad and my brother. You were my enemy before we talked. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, uh basically Lucian wasn't an asshole and didn't want to be awful to people. So his dad like exiled him with no money, nothing to China. So Steve or Lucian has had to make Lucian and Merrick are like pirate merchants kind of like they've had to make do and they don't want to be in England. Lucian's only there to like take care of the estate and probably sell it off and then just like head back to China where people don't care that he's gay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so Steven's like, oh, hey, how did your father and brother die? And Lucian's like, oh, like, I haven't talked to them in 20 years, but uh, I hear it was suicide. I hear they both killed themselves in the library. And Stephen's like, are you, are you, what? You, 
okay, let's, okay. Yes, obviously. And as a reader too, I'm like, did you not put that together? Because I think at that point, they realized that Merrick had taken something from the library back with them. And it was like only when Lucian was in the library when he was at Piper that he felt this way. So Yeah. So as a reader, it's like, oh, obviously. And Lucian's like, oh, do you think? And Stephen's like, you fucking idiot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So no, what I... Like, Go ahead. Sorry, what I what I really liked about this whole moment was like the animosity that Stephen feels towards Lucian doesn't let go. Like that's not it doesn't mm-hmm. end here. Like we continue to feel it and we also see that Stephen is like the smarter man and he's like trying to pull him through like okay, I'm going to ask you questions. That's where we find out about all of the great tattoos that's all <gasps> over Lucian's body. Um, and that has like tattoos of seven magpies. <laughs> Stephen's like, I only see five. Which is like, I'm still wearing pants. You can't see the other two. Yeah, you know, and this was one of the, my favorite lines. He's like, well, two are much lower. And Stephen's like, oh, okay. He's like, two for joy. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and it was something like five for secret or seven for secrets, I think. Something like that. There's yeah. a poem at the beginning of the book that's like one magpie for this, two for that, three for that, whatever, whatever. So it pops up again yeah. in the book, and you're like, oh, there's yeah. context for and, this. Yeah, story. it's a, it's it's a really old children's like rhyme. Oh, I'd never heard it before. So, um, so then Stephen's like, okay, so obviously somebody's trying to kill you, so we should get like someone that I work with to go with you to Piper to sort of figure this out. I know this guy, he fucking loves hanging out with the gentry. So he'll sue. And Steven said, he's like, he's not very good at it, but he loves hanging out with the gentry. So there you go. It's like, okay, bye. The next day, um, Lucian's on like boarding the train to, to go down to Piper up over. I, I don't think it says where it is. Um, and then Steven's like <laughs> hoofing it over to to the station and, and jumps on. And Lucian's like, oh, I thought you were sending that other guy. And Lucian's like, yeah, he's not great. Or Steven's like, yeah, he's not great. And Lucian's like, yeah, he seemed like an idiot when I met him. But it turns out after they had parted ways, Lucian got in touch with his lawyers to rectify the things that his father's lawyers had done to Steven's father and family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like on record, this wasn't and true. And punished one of those lawyers for being yes. like, terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he was like, oh, I'll get you a deal. Or like, I won't turn you in if you if you tell me what actually happened. And then the lawyer told him what actually happened. And Lucian's like, hey, cops, look at this over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we see not only is it like, oh, Stephen realizing that Lucian isn't like his father and brother, but Lucian putting forth the effort to rectify the wrongs of his family, which which is the rest of the book. The rest of the book is Lucian having to suffer for how terrible his father and brother were. So they get down to Piper with Merrick. <laughs> Merrick's the best. Stephen, Lucian, well, and Merrick he's also are like three... Their straight friend. Yeah. <laughs> he's the token straight. And, and like he's like hanging about and being straight, which is like being a little bit more masculine in like kind of a rough way, but super supportive. <laughs> right. The three of them are all such fabulous characters to read. I they enjoy really all of them. So they get down to Piper and Steven's like, okay, I'm gonna figure out what's going on. And then so he taps and he does magic by tapping into the ether 
which is a very Victorian thing, of course. Um, and we find out that he's special and that he's able to tap into it directly, whereas not all people who do magic, who are called practitioners, not all of them can. So that's why he is a, I think it's a justicier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think one of the last things I read, because it's like, uh, it's a, it's an interesting combination of justice, jury, and executioner. Justice here. Because that's what he is. Yeah, there is a word justicar that I'm more familiar with. So it's like extra letters. And, oh, justicier. Mm-hmm. It's an actual word. I saw it on the dictionary. Anyway, um, so his job is to like find practitioners who are doing illegal magic and to punish them for it. So he goes down to Piper and he's like, there's no ether in this house. What's going on? And then we also discover that um, Lucian's great, 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 whatever grandfather was, is like one of the most famous practitioners ever. And was just known as the magpie Lord. And so Stephen's like, why is there no ether in this house? If it's the house of one of the most powerful practitioners who have ever existed in this country, I don't understand what's going on. Anyway, so I then, really did appreciate like Lucian finding out about this. He's like, "Really interesting." Who I had cares? No idea. Hate my family. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't my family the worst? Uh, <laughs> Hector won't leave, and he's dead. Hector's ghost shows up at some point. <laughs> um, so then they go through. There's a series of things like there's the ghost, and then they have to go into town for something. And there's a series of things that happens that, when reading it, didn't feel connected to me it felt like they were sort of reacting to things by the end of the book it's all tied together very beautifully and like you understand why everything happened but i like to when i'm reading books like this i like to have a sense that i the reader and the characters are all in on the fact that we're all trying to figure out a mystery together Whereas for them, it's like they were kind of reacting to things. So that was something that I was like, eh, about this book. Um, there's a part where, oh my God, it's so awful that like we find out that Hector raped one of the women in the village and she had a daughter. And then several years later, Hector raped her and then she had a baby. And then she realized that she was like raped by her own father and she committed suicide and. It was really awful. So, oh, Christine's face. Yeah, it gets real dark. And then there's, like... Yeah, no, Hector, like, this author almost goes out of their way to, like, they're not... Hector and the father are not normal bad. They are horrifically bad. Awful. Like, they are, like... Like, this author, KJ, goes out of their way to say, no, 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 no. Real bad. (laughs) Real bad. So then there are all these different people. Of course, the people in the village are like, Lucian, you're a fucking asshole because you're related to your family. And he's like, I just got here. I just <laughs> got here. I'm sorry, I've been in China. I know they're terrible. I'm really sorry. I have beautiful suits, but I'm still a nice guy. <laughs> um, so there's a part where Lucian, or uh, Stephen approaches one of the local old lady practitioners he calls her a hedge witch so there's there's allusion to like a structure to this magical system that we just get sort of snippets of which is great um and he's sort of like it's like he's nice stop being stop being terrible and she's like i guess whatever so that when worse things happen 
they're both like, is it that old lady? And Stephen's like, no, I don't think she has the power for this. Also, I believed her when she said that she wouldn't do this anymore. So then they're sort of figuring stuff out. Meanwhile, one of the local gentry, I think he's an earl, so like a couple steps down. Um, this These people come over to visit and they're like, oh my God, come to our party, meet our daughter. Isn't she charming? Isn't she lovely? And he's like, I don't want to fucking do this. I don't want to, maybe I should. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that uh, practitioners, if they touch people, they can mind control them, which is something that Stephen did to Lucian, and Lucian got super pissed about because he was about to put the moves on him, and Stephen's like, oh, 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 mind erase, and like left. So now was, Lucian's. Oh, the confrontation scene between the two of them was so good. It was. It was. Where, Lucian's like, Lucian's like, fuck you man how dare you get in my head like that and steven's like oh i obviously made a huge mistake <laughs> yeah he was like i just wanted to like not and lucian's like do you not want me to make out with you and steven's like no it's not that uh crap i shouldn't have said that uh whatever anyway so then um steven's like oh let's go to this party and I'll figure out what's going on with this woman who's trying to get you to marry her daughter using mind control powers. So they go, and Stephen does this great thing where nobody really notices him except for this woman that he knew because she was friends with his mom or something. I was like, how does everyone just keep ignoring him? And there's this interesting thing, too, where we see through Lucian's eyes, like when he's in charge of the narrative, we see Steven doing it to Lucian because it's like, oh, his eyes are like gray and uninteresting. But then there are other times it's like, oh, his eyes are like tawny and golden and really sexy. So Steven's able to make himself unremarkable and unassuming. And we see Lucian's able to pierce through it because he wants to fuck him so bad. Um, <laughs> so then he goes to the party and they sort of figure some stuff out. And then... Someone puts a curse on Lucian. He almost dies. He's like coughing up hair. Um, yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Stephen's <laughs> able to save. Like, I, I don't want to like go through all these different things. But what turns out is Stephen's like, there's no way anyone that we've interacted with is able to do this because then they also they get tra- Lucian gets magically trapped in on the grounds of the house. The they send Merrick away. Sorry, I'm all over the place. There's a point where they're like, okay, we're going to get this sorted out, and then we're just going to get the hell out of here. Steven's like, we're going to go back to London. I'm going to get my partner, like my business partner, my magic partner, and some other folk, and we're going to come down here and figure this out. So they definitely have the, like, we need reinforcements. We're going to leave and come back. And I'm like, good for you. Very sensible. Well done, well done. But then they get trapped, or Lucian gets trapped on the estate magically. Like, he magically can't leave the estate. So then they send Merrick off to London to go bring back um, Stephen's partner. And they're like, okay, it's just the two of us. We're going to have to figure this out. But there's no ether here, so, like, I can't do magic. Um, And we find that they're up against warlocks, and warlocks are called warlocks because they're practitioners who draw energy from people instead of the ether um yeah and and uh so it's called stripping you like like strip someone and lucian at one point is like well i'm here and steven's like no it's wrong there's no excuse for it i'll never do it there's no reason etc it's like okay um also there are magpies everywhere all over the estate this is important later that there are magpies absolutely everywhere and they kind of sort of follow lucian around 
because he's the the Lord Crane now. So they're like, oh hey, how's it going? Just gonna be over here. Don't worry about it. So it turns out that it's not one warlock; it's six. <gasps> Too many. Too many. It's um. The couple that want him to marry the daughter, the daughter, who turns out doesn't really have any power, but they need her to do this particular ritual. The new priest at the local parish. Oh, I suspected that dude. I hate it. Right away, I suspected that dude. Yeah. And a couple other people. And basically what they did is they dug up Hector's body, um, the dad's body, the, unfortunately, the young woman who was raped by her own father and the baby. They dug up all those bodies and made this really awful sculpture out of them. And they're using that to steal all the ether away from Piper. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That is too much, Neil. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. And the the buildup to it is a lot more nuanced than what I just said. Read the book, everyone. But are like... But Steven and Lucian, our new partners in magical solve it crime, are yeah. gonna solve the problem. They're gonna solve and, the problem. And it turns and have out sex with each other. And it turns out that they want Lucian, the um Lady Thwaite is the the woman who mind controls him. They want him to marry her daughter so that they have an inn at the House of Lords and can start mm. running the country, essentially. Yeah. <sighs> So they come to Piper. Plot, plot, plot. Plot, plot, plot. So they come to Piper, and there's going to be this big standoff where they're basically, like, it seems this wasn't quite explained, um, that I think the terrible corpse sculpture was sort of, like, storing all the power that they stole from Piper, and they were going to do a ritual to finish that so that they could be more powerful and, like, continue with their plans. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's what corp, uh, corpse... Um... Uh, statues are for. I yeah. understand. Yeah, I've yeah, done yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all had that Tuesday. <laughs> it is the end of the world. I've seen corpse statues. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the last fight. Uh, Lucian and Steven are basically kidnapped by the, the warlocks and they're like, hey, Lucian, do you want to marry this girl? And he's like, I'd rather die. And they're like, well, we can do that too. Um, so they're about to, to do the final ceremony and Lucian and Steven are kidnapped. And at this point I forgot to mention, but it's very important. They've fucked. And, uh, Steven has, is wearing a ring that belonged to the magpie Lord. And there's a moment where they're like, Oh, this will give me all the power. And it's built up that like, you think like, Oh, all the magic that should be in Piper is actually in this ring. And whoever's wearing their ring gets to use it but then that doesn't happen it's like ah let down ah toying without expectations kj charles ah um so they're about to be killed by the by the warlocks and they're gonna start with lucian because they have a grudge against steven because steven killed their like ringleader before this all happened right in the marshes right and it was kind of so it was introduced early on that Steven fought this guy in the marshes and like had to strip himself to draw on the power to stop the guy which is why he looks like pale and thin and is hungry constantly 
recently because he's recovering from that. But then finally, when it's when it introduces this previous big bad as like, oh, it's the guy he fought in the marshes. Like, I wanted a little bit more, like a little more understanding of like how far-reaching this guy's network was, and like why he was such a big bad. And, like, why isn't he the person that we're fighting right now? Whatever. Anyway. So, they're about to get killed. And then um, Steven's like, one last kiss. And he goes to kiss Lucian and then just, like, chomps down on his lip and just, like, sucks a bunch of blood. Lucian's like, what the fuck? And then Steven's like, I have the power! So, because he has Lucian's blood in his body and is wearing the ring and has magic. He's the new magpie lord, so he has all the magpies descend on the warlocks and eat them. And then he gets into a magic... (laughs) Yep, yep. He gets into a magic fight with one of them. The last fight was too quick for me. Like, one... Something that irks me the most about, like, the fantasy and sci-fi genre is if the the last fight is too quick. I feel so let down. Mm. And, like, the magpies come, and we see him fighting... I think it's Lady Thwaite... And then he wins. And then by the time we pan back, the magpie, like one person escaped, but then the magpies have eaten everyone else. It's like there were six of them. Like you could have had a lot of fun with this, but. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so then they, they defeat the warlocks. And then there's this whole conversation where they have, it's like, okay, what do we do with the bodies? How do we stage this to look like a bunch of accidents? Oh, we're going to put the Thwaites back in their house and just set it on fire. That's fine. We've done that Obviously. before. Um, and then, you know, like the magic comes back to Piper and blah, blah, blah. And then Steven and Steven's like, well, this was fun. So I guess we're done. Lucian's like, don't you want to like keep hanging out? And Steven's like, oh, I thought you'd be done now that Lucian's like, shut up. Come live with me. (laughs) Come live with me. Let's have sex. (laughs) So they go and live in Lucian's flat in London. And there's a scene where he has this like giant window that overlooks a courtyard and Lucian's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck you with that window. And Steven's like, yeah, that's crazy. And so they're in the apartment. And Lucian's like, I'm going to fuck you in this window now. And Steven's like, people will see. And Lucian's like, do you see anyone out there? And he's like, no. He's like, I'm going to fuck you in the window now. And Steven's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the book ends. Um, I will say the sex scenes, obviously, that I read were uh-huh. great. The sex were- scenes were great. Super Be- sexy. Yeah. They get into some dumb sub stuff without talking about it first, which always, like, that, uh, it kind of cheeses me off because it's like, oh, the fantasy is you don't have to talk about it, but then that's not accurate and it's not helpful for people who might be interested in exploring dumb sub play. And, like, I think it's yeah. important to, like, con- c- consent is so important and consent is fundamental to dom sub play and people who practice it well and responsibly know that and they that's important to them so i think we have all these books where they get into dom sub play and this book is a little bit better because we have the the champagne hands and like there are ways that lucian knows that this is what steven's into and then after they kind of figure it out, then they sort of like have dumb sub sexy talk 
in between the sex that Stephen participates in. So like this book is a lot better about it, but still they don't have the initial conversation about it, which is like, and it can be, especially with two gay guys, like it can just be so easy and it doesn't have to be a whole thing. It can just be like a throwaway comment, like, I don't whatever. Um, and then it's like, oh, I see that's the thing that he's into. So, well, you know, anyway. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And the part with the tattoos, did you get to the part with the tattoos when they were having sex? Uh, no. <gasps> the tattoos, when they are having sex, the tattoos come alive. <gasps> and sometimes they go onto Stephen's body. Ooh. And the first time <laughs> we realized... The first, and there's a scene where Stephen's gone to like check in with his partner, who is a Jewish woman. And there's one point where Lady Thwaite calls her a filthy Jew or something like that. And it's like, oh, we're, we're tackling all kinds of issues today. Um, uh, his partner, Esther, who we don't meet, but she seems great. Stephen goes off to go check in with her, and he's chatting with Merrick, and he's scantily clad so that Merrick can see his tattoos. And he's like, you're missing one. There were only six birds. And like one of them had jumped on Steven and stayed there. And so then they have to have sex again so that the bird can go back onto his body. And like the the there's a oh, this might be there's a there's a bonus novella that might be part of it. That might be this. Um where there's a series of, it ends with a series of notes between them. And it's like, oh, I believe you have something of mine. Can you come by my rooms later tonight to return it to me? And you, oh, yes, surely. And like, it happens several times that the tattoos will jump onto Steven and then not go back. So it's like, oh, well, I guess we have to have sex again. <laughs> that was amazing. And there's a moment too where Steven's like, oh, I think because it's like the, the Lord Magpie power and like being in charge of the magpies at Piper is passed on through the bloodline. So like Lucian has the bloodline and Steven has the magic. And there's a part where Steven's like, I think we're the new magpie Lord, like together, the two of them Aww. makes the new magpie Lord. And it's really sweet. And I enjoy this book, but also at the same time, there was like, I can't even tell you what, but it, there was something missing for me. Like, I wanted just, like, a little more meat to it. And I don't know what it was. Um, I Yeah, and I wonder if, like, that'll be in future books, like, as the author sort of gets to know things better. There was something, like, that um, I wasn't quite sure I liked. Um, so in, in some uh, visual novel games, online, like, mobile gaming things, like, the, the goal is to try to spend as much time with your romantic partner as possible. And there's a moment where... Uh, the game wants you to pay for more content. And mm-hmm. usually it's like, do you want alone time uh, to get to know your love interest more? Or are you just going to walk away now? And the walk away version is free. And then getting to know them costs money. It was interesting. Like there was more than a couple of moments in this first part of the book that I read where we got to a moment like that, where it's like, oh, they're sitting down to dinner. And then there's like a paragraph where it's like, they had a lovely time, talked about the tattoos, enjoyed like each other's company, got to know each other better. And then the next day they went somewhere else. And there's a part of me is like, oh, that is content I could have, like, it almost felt like that, like, that was the choice. Do you want to get to know them more? And that's what I kind of missed was like, because mm. we got to see a lot of that, um, 
that part where they're like angry at each other or they're working against each other at cross purposes on accident or working together on accident, which was fucking adorable or like, um, having sex. But those other parts where they just had a nice time together, but we've got to learn more about them in ways that felt important to the plot. Mm -hmm. We skipped. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, this isn't an Atome. I've already paid for this book. (laughs) (laughs) You have my money. It's okay. I can read that part. (laughs) At the same time, like Steven and Lucian, and then also Merrick, they all felt like very full realized characters. They did. They did. So so it's, it's, it's not like that was lacking, but like, I agree with what you're saying. That's like, and then they had a lovely time next day we have to it's like it's kind of like oh we have to focus on the mystery so we don't have time for this other stuff right but which one it's romance so there should be right time made. right but also this is how they learn to trust each other is those nice times so like it is like it felt like the author was saying this is not plot important but I'm like, no, 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 no. The times where they go to sleep and I don't know what they're dreaming is not plot important. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the times where they decide they're on a cart ride and they're like, you know, I need a bathroom break. And so it's like, cool, I'll wait here. That's not plot important. Right. <laughs> like, we just assume it happens because they're people in the world. Like, I don't need to read every fucking meal they eat. Because it's not plot important. <laughs> I'm reminded of Collide. <laughs> i'm reminded of a very very specific tub being dragged across a floor for ages until you die this will be the hill you die on i will die upon this tub hill the tub hill is the tub hill just the tub flipped upside down i'm gonna flip it upside down that's like i don't have a table i have a tub (laughs) 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 oh my god please someone illustrate that claire angrily flipping over a tub i would love to see that oh my god oh my gosh i hate ragging on that book now because i think i really loved it (laughs) no it was a great book great books can have not great moments in them it's okay it's it's true anyway but I, I'm so sorry I didn't re- finish reading it. I am going to. Like, I'm gonna, when we're done here, I'm going to go finish reading it. And I'm probably going to buy the next books because it was yeah. so enjoyable. So There, there was a point, I, th- I think, like, up until halfway through the book when I was reading it, I was like, I should just buy the rest of the series. But by the end of the book, I was like, I don't quite know if I want to like i still really enjoyed it and it's it's a short read it's not a very long book so it's not a huge investment but i'm like i don't know if i'm quite um anyway finish it claire and tell me your thoughts excellent i'm a little right i'm a little like eh. anyway i did really enjoy it though steven and lucian especially but also merrick like even even like lady thwaite when she shows up it's like oh i i know that type of person i don't actually know that type of person but it's like oh i know like the archetype that we're drawing on to produce this character like i know a lot about it you know so and the the magic system that we get to see parts of is really well done like it, it like the world building and the character building is stellar yeah i will but also then- say both of these books felt like they fit in the victorian world yeah like yeah um and like we had all of the the hints of the victorian land i really liked that in one book we talk a lot about egypt because you know the british men 
just like it said, like, oh, we're rich. I guess we can be archaeologists. <laughs> I haven't read any of these books, but fuck it. So, like, I really enjoyed that we spent time in Egypt for that. And then I really did like that here's British, uh, British men uh, getting away. Like, they have the money to do so, so they're living in Shanghai. And that's also sets up perfectly. That is exactly right. That is time period appropriate thing to, to have done. And I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, should we, should we play Fuck My Right Carol? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. 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 Fuck forgot to mention two of the black authors that we read and I feel dreadful. So on top of um, uh, Beverly Jenkins, Alyssa Cole, Jasmine Guillory, please go read Rebecca Weatherspoon who wrote uh, the nanny, the, the buff nanny novel and Claire can who wrote let's talk about love about the biromantic ace girl. Mm-hmm. Those were both fabulous books. Please go support those authors. Okay. Yep. Let's fuck Mary Kill Claire. Yes. Um, fuck Mary Kill. Uh-huh. Um, Lucian's father. Uh-huh. Lucian's brother, Hector. Uh-huh. Or Victoria the Demon. Ugh, gosh, this is gross. Yes. Okay. Um, well, I think I'm going to... Uh, ooh, I'm gonna fuck Victoria the demon. Yeah, because <laughs> then you get demon powers. Well, no, or you don't. Like honestly, I didn't know how that fucking thing worked at all. Fair. And also, it seemed like she just like hung out in England after that, and just like walked around and was like, "Hey, hey, I go to parties." <laughs> <laughs> I'm in society. <laughs> oh, and also, how do I fix the fact that I'm made of glass? I just put on fucking makeup. Honestly, I was like, Archer, you could have just put on makeup. <laughs> you didn't need to, like, mask. But he's manly. He's manly. Whatever. Um, so that cracked my shit up. Anyway, Victoria. Like, I don't... Who was... Like, Victoria made no sense. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. I would fuck Victoria. She also seems like she's probably good at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... Like, besides, like, sucking people's souls or whatever energy, I'm not sure. Um, She 100% just fucked people. Like, it was just those two things. So, I'm willing to bet you do what you love, you do what you're good at, so I bet she's good at it. So, I would fuck Victoria. <laughs> Um, I guess I'm going to marry Lucian's dad. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he was awful, but I think Hector was worse. Hector was worse. So I'm going to kill Hector. So killing Hector, marrying the dad. The and, previous Lord Crane. Um, you know, but, you know, hopefully someone will kill him so I don't have to worry about it. And then um, fucking Victoria. So that sounds good. And you? I would do the same. Yeah, Victoria seems like uh, a lot, but like fun in bed, if nothing else. Mm. Um, Hector is 
garbage. And oh my god, did you get to the scene with the ghost? Yes, in the roses. And and, and Lucia just punched him in the face. <laughs> I know. And his head fell off. <laughs> I love that. That was so great. And Lucia just hits him real hard, and the head just goes whoa, and then rolls down the walk. <laughs> so good. Anyway, so yeah, I guess I'll marry the dad who seemed awful, but like wasn't as far as we know wasn't as awful okay so my turn um neil fuck mary kill yes victorian travel to your to um americas okay victorian travel to china okay victorian travel to egypt Ooh. okay um i think i'm gonna Fuck Victorian travel. What are you going to do, you colonial bastard? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to fuck Victorian travel to Egypt. Um, Egypt is hot, so I don't want to stay there for very long. But there's a lot of interesting stuff I want to see. I'm also reminded of um, from My Lady's Choosing Mm -hmm. and uh, Lady, what was her name? Like Lady Youngblood. And yeah. ending up in, in Egypt, and that was really sweet. Um, I'm going to marry Victoria and travel to China. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of China to go see. There so, is. There's a lot of China. I think that would be interesting. And I'm going to fuck Victoria and travel to America because I'm I'm already here, and it's not great. So <laughs> I, wait, 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 wait. Say that again. So Did you're going to marry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kill, kill yeah, yeah, Victorian travel to America. Yeah. I'm already here and it's not enjoyable at the moment. Oh. So. I do want to point out that we had said, like, what were we going to talk about at the end of, like, what were we going to say at the end of the, um, our last post? And we're like, well, fuck the police, obviously. And then we're like, no, 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 we use fuck in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> we don't want people to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, what about you, Claire? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, part of, like, my soul says, oh, kill all that travel, because all that travel was bad for all those places. <laughs> but, yes, but that's not the game, Claire. I know, I know, I know. You can't and... put me in this impossible position and then be like, oh, well, I excuse myself <laughs> from. No, 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 but I am, uh, I feel very much the same. Like, I feel like, um, yeah, I also want to marry travel to China. China's very big, so much going on. Um, I don't know. I feel like um, I want to kill travel to Egypt, if only because they just stole so much from that country. They're just like, they just raided and looted those pyramids and just <laughs> like, oh no, no, it's ours now. We're keeping it safe, quote unquote. I'm like, fuck. So yeah. I'm, I'm just going to kill that, um, which means I guess I'm. Uh, I'm going to fuck traveling to America, but, um, you know, what can you do? I'm here. <laughs> it's like being in a relationship with a boyfriend you still live with, who's an ex now. You're like, well, one time, I oh. guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that was thoroughly depressing, both of those. Uh, so- <laughs> So of all the characters, Claire, who would you fuck, who would you marry, and who would you kill? Um, oh, my God. 
I love, I really did like Lucian. I liked him so much. Um, and Merrick. I think I'm going to marry Merrick. I think Merrick <laughs> and I are going to have a great life together. Uh-huh. I mean, I think he's kind. He's big. He's, he's going to like kill people for me. He knows, like, all these great languages. He's adventurous. Yeah. I'm going to marry Merrick. Like, it's going to be amazing. Um, And, uh, oh, okay. And I think I'm going to fuck Archer because that scene in the dark with the mask, hot, hot. So good. It was honestly one of our best sex scenes. It was Mm -hmm. so good. And it was so hot. And it was way consenty. I loved it. Yes. (laughs) It was, oh, like, honestly, afterwards, I was like, how can I make something similar to that happen? <laughs> you have a conversation about it beforehand. I know. <laughs> With my partner. And yes. I'm not spoiling anything, but he listens to this podcast. So yes. that's how we'll probably start this conversation. <laughs> um, and I guess oh, I'm going to kill Hector. Okay, mm-hmm. Like, I want to kill Victoria, if only because Victoria was badly drawn and i was never quite sure what was happening with her but honestly i'm gonna kill hector because he was the worst yeah and at least victoria had an excuse for her terrible behavior because she was a demon yeah okay yeah i'm also gonna fuck archer because um and if it starts at a masquerade it starts at a masquerade i mean starts at a masquerade i'm gonna marry lucian he was great he was hot he was so funny like the three of them were so funny um but then also he's like okay steven you know about these things and i don't but it wasn't in a way that's like i don't like in straight books it's usually the woman who's like brought up into this world she's like i don't know anything save me resolution's like i don't know what's going on what's going on how can i help how do we fix this okay great which is which uh, is what I want to see well, women and doing. all their arguments. Like I never felt like when Steven said something like, "This is the answer I have." Lucian was never like, "No, that's bullshit." He was like, "Okay, I'm not quite sure. Believe me, you need to back that up a little bit more." Never like completely negated anything he said. Mm-hmm. It was just like, "No, no, 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 no. Let's talk this out." And if he really didn't agree, it was on something they could actually both equally not agree on. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was yeah. great. And I'm just hoping that being married to Lucian, every time I fuck him, I just like get a magpie tattoo without having to actually go through the pain of getting a tattoo. And then I'm also going to kill Hector because the worst, like the, the worst. worst. He was awful. Oh, and the books? Um, well, I think I'm going to fuck um, Firelight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Uh, I mean... I hate to say it because I didn't finish it. So um, I think I'm going to fuck Magpie, but I think I might read more of the series. And then I think in a couple of weeks I might marry it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, Same. I'm definitely going to fuck Firelight. Like it had, it, it had a little bit of work needed to be done, but just like Miranda was a consistently, um, self-actualized woman who her her lack of agency wasn't because of the people it was just sort of like a plot funk um but you know that if she had clues she'd be following up on them Mm -hmm. um and i've in a lot of the books that we've read it says like oh this woman has spunk she's like 
you know, she stands up for herself. And then as soon as she gets into the relationship with the guy, that all goes out the window. Yep. And that didn't happen with Miranda. She, she was kicking ass and taking names the whole time. Um, they were super great together. Like their relationship, other than that fucking scene in the alley, their relationship was really beautiful. And like, yep. Epic in a lot of ways, just because of like, Oh, they're hiding these secret powers. And uh, it was great. It was really lovely. Um, and then I'm gonna, I, uh, the magpie Lord, like I went into it wanting to love it so much. And for a lot of the book, I loved it a lot. And then it just like, not, I think it, it was great, but I think because I had such high expectations going in, the fact that it fell short ever so slightly feels more impactful. Mm. Um, so, I mean, like, I'm going to date it. I'm going to, like, we're going to go on vacation together. We're gonna, I'm going to introduce it to my friends. Like, it'll be my plus one at weddings for a while. I don't <laughs> know if we're going to stay together. I don't know if we're going to get married, but I'll definitely date this book for, for a while. Excellent. Definitely Excellent. LTR. Good. All right. Yeah. All right. So. Um, Claire. So that was those books. Yes. Is it time for is our favorite it, game? It is time. It is time for our favorite game. Christine. Yes. yes! <laughs> fucking Zoom. I know. Uh. Claire, 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 what are we reading? What are we reading? Okay. So here are the two books. Um. I Dare You by Faria Rashan and Bliss by Fiona Zeed. Okay. I Dare You and dare Bliss. You. Um, goodness. Uh, and Bliss. Those are sufficiently vague titles. Yeah. I'm going to go... Very- this is a very what? Do you already this know what is it is? Very, this is a very Claire version of Christine Guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, God. I... What was it again? I Dare You? Or I, I dare, you. dare You? No. Nope. I, I Dare You and Bliss. Well, I guess... <sighs> I, because I have really no idea, I'm going to say ice cream trucks. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. People who drive around ice cream trucks see each other in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know. That is fun. Obviously, like, the drivers, not <laughs> well, anybody. Well, if one of them were by Chuck Tingle, then... Uh, the actual the, truck itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that would have been in the title, like right. right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream trucks. Fuck. No, it would definitely yeah. be like fucked, uh, fucked up the ass by an ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah, by a sentient alpha ice cream truck. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Impregnated um, by a sentient. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I want to say like. I don't know. It makes me think of like extreme sports or like Ooh. like I see people jumping out of airplanes when I hear these titles. Yeah. I was thinking of like um casinos. Like so it's like what is like a dare, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and that was the only thing I could think of is where somebody's like gambling. But like mm. Well, I feel like, like you two aren't like 
It's funny. This is a very hard one, it's but I ice feel like ice cream trucks. What? No. <laughs> oh my god! Ice cream is I mean, wonderful. So for all I know, it, it might be involved in there somewhere, but I don't know. Is it like stunt people or like martial artists Whoa. or anything like that? Ooh, that does sound like fun as well. It is not. Ah. The theme is. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it's just like you're never gonna beaches. <laughs> Girl. What? <laughs> what? Um, both of these books, like the cover of both of these books actually has women in bikinis. In fact, like, if not like actually taking off a bikini on the beach somewhere. Um, well, I know you, you never would have got it, but like, well, no, but what because... I think you guys were close <laughs> on was like summer and like this sort of like fun. And both of these books are about uh, women who are sort of saying yes right now, who are just like kind of breaking away from their old lives and coming into new lives. And because it's the summer in the real world, I thought summer beach reads. So that's kind of what this is. Mm. Okay. Ah, okay. Beaches. Yay. Okay. okay. Yeah. We never would have got that. No, never. No. Never. I don't even remember what a beach is. So <laughs> Do either of these so have, long. <laughs> Do either of these have parenthetical subtitles? Um I don't know. Claire. I never remember that. Claire I never remember because she doesn't like... tell us the whole titles. Oh. Uh, <laughs> all right. Because if it bliss. had been like bliss, bliss a summer paren- at the beach. <laughs> right. Or bliss, parentheses, a polka dot bikini romance, book one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, come on. You never would have gotten this either. I dare you. Moments in Maplesville, volume four. <laughs> oh my God. Maplesville. Is it the same Maple? It's not the same Maplesville. Uh, Where the cooking one was taking place? No. (laughs) It can't be, but they were both called... Oh, that one was Mapleville. This one is Maplesville with an S? Yeah, yeah. So, I dare you. (laughs) I like moments in Maplesville. The cookie one? (laughs) I love that that's what you took away from it. Cookies. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's what was involved. <laughs> Not that that guy got pregnant, but cookies. Yeah. <laughs> well, because um, oatmeal cookies were his favorite. What the fuck? <laughs> um, Bliss has no other part of its title. It's okay. just Bliss. Okay. So. See, that would have been even more misleading because when I hear something like Maplesville, I think of like little log cabins in vermont see mm-hmm. see nothing i would have given you would have helped like it's true it's so true. <laughs> okay fine um i will fine. say fyi bliss is also the name of the character so it's <gasps> bliss she's searching for her bliss and her name is bliss okay that could be amazing or really annoying Right? I'm on board. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, thank well, you, Claire. Well. well, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners. We hope this was a little bit of escape, a little bit of fun, a little bit of delight. Please Afternoon continue to, delight. to the to the best <laughs> of your ability to stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. We had a good batch. And like KJ Charles, keep up your Twitter game. Mm-hmm. Oh, girl. Um, 
Yeah, and of course, like as we always say, keep fucking. I love you all. <laughs>